Greetings, meeples, and welcome to the first episode of Board with Video Games. That's right. Donnie over at PSVG wanted to expand his sphere of influence. He wanted to grow the PSVG family and brand. So we come to you with a new, tentatively weekly podcast dedicated to playing games on the table and on the TV, but not on the computer monitor because we ain't nerds. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Kyle, and joining me each week on this co-op adventure the guy who lives his life dedicated to one and only one hashtag, and that is hashtag butts. Josh, how are you doing, man? Doing great. I'm doing great. It's been a long day, but uh, I'm ready to go. Is it this exciting? We have talked about having a more board game-focused podcast for, gosh, like almost a year now, it seems like. We've been talking about it for almost a year. Uh, it's insane. I'm, I'm thrilled. Uh, it's actually, it's become so much more my life now with a kid that um, it's just something that I've been dying to to talk about and to experience and share. So uh, uh, I'm psyched. I can't, uh, and uh, we've been, t- we, the two of us, I'm clearly the most passionate board gamers of PSVG. So uh, I can't imagine doing it with anyone uh, better. So glad to be on board with you. Yeah, this is going to be great. And, you know, when I, I've said before on the show that, when I thought I would get into podcasting, I always thought it would be on the board game side, never on the video game side. So this is really exciting. But if you are a video game listener and you know PSVG because of our focus on video games, never fear. We have a little bit for you on this show as well. So we don't want you to run away. Um, you know, We want you to stick around. Talk, we'll talk a little bit about video games. We'll talk a little bit about board games. But since this is episode one, it's probably important for us to share kind of the vision uh, where we think this podcast is going to go and kind of what we want it to become, because we want to build it with you all, but we have a general outline of what we're thinking. So Josh, why don't you kind of take them through what we're hoping this beast becomes? Okay, I would be honored. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, uh, this is basically PSVG splitting up into like episodic uh, podcasts, so uh, we want to keep it under 60 minutes to make sure it's digestible easily, especially uh, if we're pumping out more shows, um, it is called Board with Video Games. So uh, we're going to try to dedicate uh, equal portions, half board games, half video games. Uh, you know, it's possible we might talk more about board games just because that's really what the focus is. But, uh, um, I mean, we're still gaming, so uh, we like to let you guys know what we're playing. And, and we want to hear what you guys are playing as well. So we're going to do, we'll do a topic uh, each. So a video game topic, a board game topic, um, you know, depending on what it is, what social uh, events are going on, like the Nintendo World Championship just that just happened, or whether it be Essen uh, coming up or PAX Unplugged or whatever. We'll, we'll talk about um, topics like that. We'll go over your questions uh, if you guys submit them. And, you know, if they're so good and, incredible maybe we'll uh, take that question and turn it into a whole theme of an episode who knows maybe more on that later um we'll typically start with some video game stuff um since like we're getting a lot of our listeners from psvg so we'll kind of ease you into the board game stuff you know tease you a little bit with our uh, video game info and uh, slowly lull you into the corner while we talk video games into your ear and put you to sleep uh, and uh, we're going to try to avoid duplicate topics. Uh, there's a lot of uh, other podcasts coming out, so 
ultimately, um, as we get closer to big events, uh, you may or may not see uh, similar things discussed or even the same exact topic, but you're going to get uh, Kyle and my unique uh, input on that, so it won't necessarily be totally the same. So I know there are many, many rabid fans of Kyle and Josh out there just beating down the doors, <laughs> just can't get enough of the stuff that we pr produce and put out there. We will both still occasionally be on the, I don't want to say the flagship PSVG podcast, yeah. <laughs> uh, but probably not as often, maybe once a month, once every six weeks. We will be much more often. This show, like I said, hopefully will be weekly. Uh, there might be some times, especially around the holidays and things like that, because this is really just Josh and I doing most of the work for this, that we might take a week here off that here or there. We'll always let you know ahead of time. Hopefully we will never randomly just not post. Um, we want to make sure that, you know, as someone myself who listens to a ton of podcasts, I kind of like to know what my schedule is going to be and all that good stuff. So we'll try to keep it pretty regular for you um, and let you know if for whatever reason, we're not going to be around a certain week. But Josh and I are really excited to do this. Um, we've really wanted to bring more board games to PSVG. Um, but we also want your assistance to make this show great. If you have any feedback, questions, suggested topics, feel free to hit us up at board with VG. That's board, B-O-A-R-D, like a board game, board with VG on Twitter. Um, so we'll be posting a lot of stuff there as the games that we're playing, having conversations with you all there. We'll be also on Instagram, also board with VG. So... Hit us up there. Let us know what questions you have, topics you want us to talk about, video game or board game related. Uh, we'll also be tagging all of our stuff with the hashtag BoardWithVG. So we're hoping that we can kind of create a nice little community here, those who are really passionate about video games, those who are really passionate about board games, and just kind of all work together to have a great time. And like I said, remember, that's Board, B-O-A-R-D. I thought this was really clever when I came up with it. <laughs> but I'm still leaning that this might become a really big nightmare. <laughs> people, yeah, people are going to be confused or they're going to think we're coming on, coming down on video games. I think it's, I think it's great. I think it's smart. Uh, it's, it's good. It's a good one. Awesome. Don't so, listen to them. <laughs> <laughs> that is kind of the vision of what the show is going to be. But like I said, we want your feedback. We will be flexible. And like Josh had mentioned, if there are big events like Essen or, Pack some plug or anything like that on the board game side. We'll definitely be talking about that. And if there's bigger things on the video game side, you know, there's Paris Games Week to, uh, and PSX and things like that in the future. You know, we'll probably touch on those a little bit too. So cover everything to a degree, but we'll kind of you know wax and wane depending on on where the uh, where the biggest news is and where the biggest things going on are. So with that, how about we just jump into what this show is going to be? Let's start talking about some video games, Josh. What, what have you been playing? What What's one game you'd love for everyone to hear you talk about when it comes to video games? <laughs> well, that's that's tricky because everyone just heard me talk for two hours about Destiny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Is that the only game you've been playing? <laughs> Pretty much, to be totally honest with you. I mean, I won't lie. Uh, uh, <laughs> I bought Stardew Valley for the wife on the Switch. Um, I haven't delved I've uh, been playing Golf Story sparsely, like maybe like I probably played Golf Story like 30 minutes within the past week. So <laughs> I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> You're about as far into Golf Story as I am. Nice work. Nice work. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's Destiny 2, man. And uh, it's like uh, riding a bike. I feel like I'm right back in Destiny 1. I put so much time into that game. Um still incredible 
Uh, I love it still. Uh, Iron Banner started today. I'm not a big multiplayer uh, guy per se, but I jumped right in today and started earning some uh, tokens and I actually had some really good matches, which is uh, not not typical for me in Crucible. <laughs> uh, but when I played with, so Kyle and I played the other night with some guys from our clan, and um, and uh, I did I did pretty well, better than I usually do. So I'm gonna say you guys are like my muses, because uh, typically I'm bashing my head against the wall, coming in last place every game. Uh, but uh, I don't know, I, I love it. Join our clan. Apparently, we had a bunch of people drop out, uh, which is not cool. That's that's a shot at Coach Mo if he's listening, which he probably isn't. Because uh, we're going to be talking about board games, so probably yeah. not jumping. I can't believe he left our clan. Uh, PSVG Guardians. It's only one G in there, though. So PSV Guardians and PlayStation. Oh, actually, either console. Yeah. So you guys should join us if you are playing Destiny and listening. Um, I have Cuphead. I put some time into Cuphead, but like, you know, I don't want to bore you with more Destiny. You you've listened to enough Destiny. You played enough Destiny. Like, uh, uh, people, I'm sure, are getting sick of hearing about Destiny. Um, but it's so good, and I mean, they're just unrolling a whole new event now, and it's only been—is it three weeks now that it's been out? Uh, no, but we're about a month now because we're month you know out? early September and Thomas, you know October. So, yeah, okay. yeah. So new event. I mean, it's strictly multiplayer focused. Um, so I know that that turns some people off, but uh, I'm still having plenty of fun with the with the story mode as well. Post post, uh, you know, uh, campaign finished. But uh, um, yeah, I enjoy it. Uh, I think that you have a more interesting game to talk about, so I'm just gonna let you talk about <laughs> your game. Well, before we before we transition, really quick, I have uh, a confession to make. Uh oh. Um, I I listened to your guys' podcast about Destiny Two, and I was <laughs> hoping to be there, but I couldn't because I had other obligations the night you guys recorded. And I, I'm not gonna lie, I uh, I'm kind of I'm not over Destiny Two. But I feel much less compelled to jump in every day like I used to. Uh, really? Yeah, I'm like my power level is 297, and I like obviously you know Tuesdays the reset happens, and I and I definitely want to jump in to do those events to get the powerful gear to run those few Crucible games to do the Nightfall strikes again and, and get that powerful gear. Outside of that, I, I I don't feel very compelled to play. Like if we can get a full fire team playing Crucible, like playing with you and stuff was a great time. You know when you can run with a group, things go better there. But uh, I'm kind of since we rarely or have never gotten a group together to do the raid, I yeah. don't. I mean, I could start another character, I guess. But I'm like, there's so much other stuff to play. And Overwatch just started their Halloween event. I'm struggling with the desire to jump back into Destiny 2 unless I know other people are going to be playing. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, that happened with me with Destiny 1. Um, I think it's a good thing, though, to an extent. I mean, uh, you take some time off from a, a all like an all-consuming game like Destiny, and like once you hit where we are, because I hit 295 today, so I'm I'm pretty much pushing the 
uh, press your luck on Engram's game, oh hoping I, you know, hoping I pop a, a higher level one. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. Like uh, in like a couple of weeks, I, I'm gonna take some time off from Destiny, probably until um, the next expansion comes out or the first expansion. Uh, but that's a good thing. I think that's one of the draws of Destiny is you can go, you can get right back into it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, although something that happened to me in Destiny One was I I didn't jump on each expansion as they came out, and then I felt way too far behind trying to get back in, like two expansions back. Right. So so it's going to be important to me to to keep up with DLC as it comes out. Um, but I totally get it. I, I hear you. Um, I thought you were going to talk about how it sounded like Nathan hated Destiny from that podcast. <laughs> well, it sounded was... like he was definitely more down on it than the rest of you were, but oh, I don't think man. it sounded like he hated it. Yeah, so. he, was, he was begging to get on that, and then he comes on and he's like, oh, I don't like this. <laughs> well, you know, it's good to have a dissenting opinion. It's always good <laughs> yes. to hear the other side. I agree, uh, I agree. So the game I want to talk about, though, is actually a game that I have been really looking forward to since it was first revealed at PSX 24. 15, I believe. Maybe it was 2016. I don't remember. Either way, no, it's 2015. Uh, and that is Hob, uh, the newest entry from the folk, folks over at Runic Games. Uh, they previously created Torchlight and Torchlight 2. Uh, those are uh, some uh, Diablo style games that are on PC. So I've never played those. But when I saw Hob first revealed, this was a game that I was like, that game is stunning looking. I really want to get some of this into my life. And the easiest way to describe Hob is it is basically like an old school Zelda game. It is an open world that you are exploring and adventuring, fighting some creatures, getting some stuff, but slowly through the puzzles that you solve and the things that you do, you unlock additional parts of the world for you to explore. And the art direction in this game and how the game builds this world and puts it together is spectacular. You are solving these puzzles, which none of them are super complicated or or overly hard, but you're solving these puzzles and then the whole earth and world around you shifts. Sometimes things come like flying up from far below you or things high above you will come crashing down into new formations. So you're almost like you're terraforming uh, this planet or this area of this world to become hospitable again, there's a, there's a plague of some sort that has overtaken it, and you are trying to rid, from what I can tell, uh, the world of this plague. Now, I say from what I can tell is because there's no words in this game. It is a completely wordless narrative. So mm-hmm. you are, mo- I, mo- I, I think I understood what I was doing and why I was doing it, but I'm not totally <laughs> certain. So, yeah, you know, wordless narratives are kind of weird that way, and I, I think I know why I did what I did. Uh, there's multiple endings to the game. I, got, I went through and played it a couple uh, and got them both. I don't know if I was supposed to be able to get them both the way I did. I don't know if it was a bug or not uh, because I literally like ended the game. Then my screen, when it was supposed to go back to like, hey, do you want to continue? It just went black and the game never reloaded. So I quit out, came back in, and I reloaded right where I had been. So then I went back oh, in to the final area and then made the other choice <laughs> for, the, for the ending. I got the other ending. So I don't nice. I'm get, I don't know if it's supposed to work that way. <laughs> that is one thing I will say about this game is that I ran into a number of bugs while playing it. Uh, I completely mm. crashed out to the PlayStation Home menu like three times. 
Uh, and there were definitely um, there's definitely some slowdown when you're playing it if you're running really fast and there's a lot of enemies on screen. Uh, and there was sometimes some weird animations where you get caught in the environment and you slowly like wiggle your way out. Your character would slowly wiggle their way out. Uh, so they're definitely it. It's not as polished as a Zelda game is going to be. But that studio is so small, and what they were able to create in you know, a couple of years with the small number of people they have is really something special. It is a really easy game to recommend if you enjoy the Zelda-style game of exploration. Uh, the gameplay is pretty solid and, and is pretty responsive. There's a couple weird times where you're like, you're doing some jumping and, and some platforming that's not quite as tight as I'd want it to be, but overall it's really good. Uh, the sound design is really minimalistic, but great. But I'm telling you, that art direction in that game is just beautiful like i took so many screenshots and so many things and like that is now my my background on my ps4 it is a beautiful beautiful game and i hope people give it a shot it's really inexpensive it's like 20 bucks um it's probably eight to ten hours to finish uh but there's a ton of secrets for you to go back and check out so i really recommend hob i do have a full review written up for the website but i haven't uploaded it yet because i can't find a jump drive to get my pictures off my ps4 <laughs> So I got to finish that so I can actually finish the review, but it is written and I definitely recommend it. So if you have the opportunity or you're interested in that style of game, um, Hob has gotten really got buried by Cuphead, which sounds fantastic, and Golf Story, because uh, it came out that same week that those two games did. But I really, if you're on PS4 or PC, highly recommend Hob. It is a excellent, excellent game. So nice. Yeah, I saw one of your screenshots. It looked really good. Yeah, it's a beautiful game. It's just stunning. So... For our, top, our video game topic for the week, you know, as we turn the corner into the last quarter of the year, we hit like an eight week or so avalanche of big games. And, you know, I don't know about Josh, maybe he's Daddy Warbucks, I don't know. But I don't have all the time or all the funds to purchase and play all of these games. So we just wanted to have a brief, I just want to have a brief conversation, Josh, about what are you planning to pl purchase this fall? You know, kind of what are you looking at playing? Why are those the games that you're looking at playing? And how do you decide when you have all these games to play what you want to jump into? It's, it's, a, it's a tricky situation. Uh, this happens every holiday season, I feel. Uh, there's always way too many games I want to play and want to pick up. Uh, the only way ideal for when I jump or... <clears throat> uh, you know, Destiny 2 has been pretty good at helping me with my budget uh, since I don't have to worry about playing too many games right now. But um, uh, October 27th, I want to say, is, is Assassin's Creed Origins. I'm looking at this list here. Yeah. So, so yeah, so that'll be my first buy. Uh, I'll probably get Mario Odyssey as well on the same day, um, but I probably won't play it right away. Um there's a lot of games that I want to play, and then there's Bubsy. Like, <laughs> poor Bubsy. Who asked for this? Like, who asked for Bubsy? No, nobody did. Nobody asked for that. So, uh, so that's what I'm. That's my plan, at least. Uh, I want to get Battle Chasers on the Switch. I know it came out on PS4, um, but you know, I've read the comic. I have the comics. Um, I was always a fan of that. So. That looks good. I know that's a little bit later for Switch, so I can wait on that. Um, I think it's like October 20th or something like that. Um, but yeah, my, my current plan is Assassin's Creed Origins, Mario Odyssey, and then uh, wait a month till Black Friday. 
because um, I mean, I'm going to PAX Unplugged. I mean, I'm going to have <laughs> so many board games. I have. A, oh. I'm looking at a stack in front of me of 15 board games that we got in the past month that we haven't played yet. Like, I have so much to do. I just picked up the Mansions of Madness first edition for 30 bucks at Barnes and Noble. But it's first 80, edition. 80% off. I know. 30 bucks. It's so fiddly. All that setup, man. All that setup. I, know, I, know. <laughs> I have to have it. Though. I have to have it. So, uh, so for, you know, for the video game side, you know, um, Middle Earth, the Shadow of Mordor game is intriguing to me, but I never finished the first one. Um, I did buy it when, or just recently when it was on sale on Xbox for like five bucks for the game of the year edition. So I'll play through that. I, I got so much backlog too. Like I, I got Metal Gear Solid to play now because it's the free game of the month for PlayStation Plus. Mm-hmm. So uh, I can't wait to jump into that. So that might be, I'll probably stop Destiny 2 within the week and jump on Metal Gear and try to get that knocked out before the 27th. So, so. That's my plan. I'm going to get Mario, Assassin's Creed, wait for Black Friday. What about you? You know, this I have serious acquisition disorder, and I think this comes from the board game realm, that I, I feel like I have to buy everything. And my backlog is not – I can't even call it a backlog anymore because there's no way I'm going to play everything on there. Like, I own a ton of games I'm never going to play. So I'm trying – It's a library I, now. It is. It's very much just a library, and I <laughs> – I've been trying to be much more conscientious of how I and be a little more frugal about how I'm spending money because board games are getting way expensive. Uh, oh, Seventh yeah. Con- Have you seen the Seventh Continent Kickstarter? Yes, I, oh. I did see that. <laughs> I'm like hundred. It's like hundred and thirty dollars. I don't have the current one. I'm like, oh my oh. lord. I'm probably gonna get it. Don't tell my wife. But I'm, I, I shouldn't say that. I will have the conversation yeah. with her and be an adult about it. But I'm like, oh man. Like, what am I gonna have to give up to get that? Anyway. For board for video games, um, so here's the thing: I really want to play Shadow of War, which obviously just came out. I have not picked it up yet, and I think I'm going to wait on that one. I loved Shadow of Mordor; it was my game of the year in 2014. I just love that game, but I I think that whether I play this game today or I play this game in three months or six months for $20, I'm going to have the same amount of fun. This isn't a game I need to play today. It's a game I don't care about the story. I care about running around and killing some orcs, and I can do that today or I can do that in six months. It, it doesn't really matter, so I'm going to wait for a deal on that one, which honestly is not something I typically do. Um, I contemplated, you know, I really have wanted to get back into an RPG lately. I've been hankering for that, so I thought about South Park, but I actually recently picked up uh, Ease 8, and I've been playing that, and that game is spectacular and very sad that nobody's talking about that game. So that will be one of the games I talk about one of these weeks about on this once I finally finish it. Um, <laughs> so I think for me, the, the big games I'm going to get, I think, this fall are Assassin's Creed Origins. And the reason is stupid. It's because there's hippos. Hippos. And, and it's, <laughs> it's all about the hippos. And there is a trophy for successfully running away from hippos three times. So how can I not get the game? There's a trophy for hippo interaction. Like, I have to get this game. So that's one. Um, I will probably buy Super Mario, Mario Odyssey eventually. Uh, not day one, because, again, Mario games, I'm not worried about the story. So whenever I have maybe a lull or I have that hankering for a platformer, I will pick that up. But it's not going to be a day. not worried if Bowser marries Peach? Not worried. Not worried at all. 
not one bit. <laughs> you might get spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? It might get spoiled. Uh, I do want to play Call of Duty this year, but since I have basically completely checked out of the Call of Duty multiplayer, I'm going to again wait on that one for a deal. So it's because I'll, I'll, I'll all play as the campaign. So the only other games that are really, other than some VR games, which I'm still waffling on, the other two games that I'm pretty certain I will probably pick up, uh, one being Okami HD, because believe it or not, I have never played Okami. I feel like I should have played Okami because it seems like a game that would be up my alley, but I've just never played it. So I've not played Okami at all, so I will probably pick that when it comes up in December, and that'll be, I think, a good winter break game. And then the other one I'm probably going to get is Xenoblade Chronicles 2 on Switch. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, and I feel like <laughs> I'm like the only person I have talked to who that Nintendo Direct sold me more on that game than I was previously. I feel like I'm the only it person. Sold me, yeah. It sold yeah. me out of that game. Right, exactly. I feel like I'm the <laughs> only person who's like, this game looks amazing. Yeah. I'm totally getting this game now. And everyone else, I was like, is this a direct just for this game? Why this really was the dragging point? It slowed it down, and like I get it, but I also think that game is so complicated. Like, how else do you market what is going on there other than kind of give you a tutorial? <laughs> maybe which is the best. Maybe they should have saved it for a specific direct for the game. But I'm way more. Right. I'm way excited about it now. I think that is a, an RPG that I'm really looking at picking up. And again, I think you know when it comes to traveling for the holidays, will be a great thing for me to bring with. Um, and just kind of have all of that stuff. So those are what I'm looking for. How do you decide what you're going to play? I don't. I, <laughs> I literally put my foot in everything and see how it feels. Uh, it drives me crazy. I really wish I had a better system because I, I don't. Uh, I got everybody's golf like a while ago when it came out knowing that like two days later I was getting destiny Two, like, why did I do that? <laughs> right. I haven't finished Mario and rabbits and I was dead set on finishing that. But then, th then destiny two came out. <laughs> so, and then I'm buying games while I'm playing destiny two. I it's, it's the fear of missing out thing that, that I've suffered from my whole life. And, and finally someone put a word, a name on it. Like I right. didn't realize what it was, but I just I just put three hundred games on my SNES Classic. What what am I gonna do with that? <laughs> with like the games on there are like thirty hours a piece anyway. The yeah. twenty one games you get other than Star Fox Two. <laughs> so today I was like, today I played like two minutes of each game for the, like what am I doing? Why? <laughs> so. I don't know. I don't have a good answer for you uh, unless there's a game that I specifically know I need to finish story-wise, mm -hmm. like right away. That's the only definitive answer I have on to what to play. It's like how I have to see stars out because people make a living on the internet ruining things for good people like you and I. It's true. It's true. I need to... And that's that's how I decide what I play first, I guess. Uh, gotcha. It's not something. It's not the right reason. It's not a great reason. Um, but plus, we're we're on a we're on a podcast that we need about things that are current, right? And and I need to be on top of that. 
Yeah, I, that is hard. I think there there definitely feels to be that pressure of like you have to keep up with everything that's coming out. There's no way you can. Uh, one game though that did a good job of showing more of itself than maybe it should have was Battlefront Two because I'm not buying that anymore. So that sold me. Yeah, the ba- yeah. that beta sold me out of the game. Yeah, I I know that Nathan probably is very depressed to hear that because I know he's super high on the beta. I I played it and I was like, yep, this looks pretty. This sounds pretty. I I don't need to pick this up. So we'll yeah. see. Yep. Awesome. Hey, man. We've talked enough about video games. Should we talk a little bit about those other types of games we enjoy playing? Those analog games? Those analog games, yeah. Awesome. What board games have you been playing? (laughs) So I'm going to talk about Sagrada, um, but I just want to throw out real quick. uh, the, The wife and I, she had the past few days off for our anniversary, so we sat down with the feed and the baby at the kitchen table, and we played... Um, King Domino uh, for the first time, and I'm already forgetting the other game we we played. Oh, um, um, Santorini for the first time. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, we love both of them. Uh, great two-player games. Um, but Sagrada is a game that that she's been kind of asking me to get for a while, and and when she's interested in a game, I I immediately indulge that because. That's awesome. Getting, you know, when, when we got together, she wasn't into board games. It was party games, if that, you know. So the fact that our interests have aligned over time, I, I need to, like, foster her her uh, interests in board games. So it's a little bit before we started about how you guys go. But um, uh, I just I pulled some info on it. Um, so Sagrada is, is, I'll give you the boring details and then I'll tell you my experience with it. Um, it's it's designed by Adrienne uh, Adamskew and Daryl Andrews. It's um, it's it's good enough. Family is so. collection but uh, i'll tell you what it is it's basically it's uh, a dice drafting game so if you guys have ever if anyone's ever played like um uh, uh, it's very similar to that except you're and what you're doing is you're building uh stained glass uh, so to speak each person and on the bottom of it is um, a blank squared out area. I want to say it's uh, five by six. And what you have is a sheet, and each sheet uh, you get has a difficulty level on it, and it's double-sided. And what you do is you get two randomly at the start of the game, and you pick which one you want to play. On the bottom, it shows you the difficulty. So whatever difficulty level you decide, you're going to get these gems um, equal to that number. So like the last game you played, I picked a difficulty of six. So you get six gems. They go on, on next to your board or on your board. <clears throat> and each sheet slides into your, your stained glass. Um, we'll call it a token, but it's bigger than that player board, which looks gorgeous. And they're all... 
different colors and they have some different designs on them. And, and that sheet that you put in is going to be colors and numbers. And those are your requirements on how to build your window. So uh, one of the squares might be just a red square, which means you can only put a red die in it. And next to that might be a two, which means you can only put a, a two that is rolled. Uh, but if you, you can't put two colors next to each other or two numbers next to each other that match. So you can't have a red and a red or a two and a two. Hmm. You can do diagonal, but not horizontal or vertical. And you have to start on one specific part of the board. It has to be on a corner. And then you have to build off of that. You can't just place anywhere on your board. Um, and what you do is you take, depending on the number of players, you take a set amount of dice, you put them into a bag, not out the correct number of dice, and the, the player who draws rolls them. And that's your die pool to draw from on that turn. So then you only, you know, depending on if it's a two-player game, I believe it's five dice that you roll. You only have five dice to pick from, and they're multiple colors and different numbers. So you have to plan out. It's like a game of chess almost. Plan out your board and try and hope your opponent doesn't take that number or color you need. There's also white squares on it that you can put anything on. Um, but if you're like me, think wrong color and white, and then you go all block of moves. Uh, it's a fairly simple game to get, but the, the actual strategy is the complicated part. Um, but the instruction booklet does have one of my one of my most dreaded and most favorite things in it. It's it it explicitly says if at any point you or your partner is playing the game and someone notices um, that your your um, your card has a, an illegal move on it, the die one of the die that is illegal is removed and is not put back. Wow. And, if you don't fill all of your squares on the board, uh, you get minus one victory point for every blank square. So if you're playing through the game and you realize you have four illegal moves at any point, you don't get to replace them. You don't get to re-roll. You just remove those dice from the game and continue playing. <laughs> it's kind of like a Galaxy Trucker when you have your ship inspected by the person next to you and you can like lose an entire part of your ship that you didn't build correctly. I'm in uh, Galaxy Trekkers on my wish list of games to play. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the playing time is, is uh, suggested 20 to 40 minutes. I find that to be pretty accurate. Um, you know, the first game, as you know, it's going to take longer, especially mm -hmm. figuring out. But I, I would say uh, it wasn't too difficult to figure out the rules. In fact, it was pretty simple. Uh, I think we knocked the rules out maybe five minutes, which I think is almost unheard of here in, in the Borboni household. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in the first game, um, I I made a mistake, and she and my wife didn't, and that was it. One mistake. I had to remove one die. Um, it was pretty great. The publishers, Floodgate Games, uh, to my knowledge, it's the first game of theirs that I have played. Hmm. Um I can't more highly recommend this game. 
it's actually it was sold out for a while we had to get the second printing um so it's definitely been popular uh it's got a 7.6 from board game geek i know the user rating is like i think it's like lower at a 6.3 mm-hmm. which um if i had read the reviews i typically won't buy a game on a whim that's under a seven um but i think this game deserves way higher than that 6.3 so um i i if i were to personally rate it i would give it like a 7.5 to an 8. i really enjoy it that much um i recommend it to anyone that just kind of has the time to maybe sit down and play a even a two-player game um we had some friends come over the other day we played a four-player game uh, took considerably longer than 40 minutes because you're playing that. <laughs> Each game is 10 turns. Okay. So with two players, 10 turns goes pretty quickly. Um, but with four players, you know, that definitely is extended. Right. Um, so I would say we probably play half on that game. Um, but be like, um, we had a. Uh, uh, what do they call it? Analysis friends. Uh, was worried about the, you know, he was planning, invested in the game, so he didn't want to make the wrong move. So there was a few times where I I got up for a bathroom break and he he's still, uh, you know, yeah, figuring out what he was going to do. Uh, We've but, all been there. We've all probably also been that person once or twice. So. Yeah, it, it happens for sure. Um, uh, but yeah, it was great. I, I really enjoyed it. And um, uh, I'll be honest with you, as excited as I am about Sagrada, I'm more excited to hear about the game that you were playing because I have wanted to play it since I heard about it. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I actually have almost picked up Sagrada a number of times because the, the box art is just so beautiful. But rather than pick up Sagrada, this game that I got... See, for people who play a lot of video games but don't play a lot of board games, this is one of the things I wish could happen more in video games is that <laughs> when I tell you the premise of what this game is, you're going to be like, what are you talking about? Like, But the board games could do this stuff, and it's still fun. So imagine, Josh, that you are a <laughs> rancher in Texas, and you need okay. to move your cattle to Kansas City to then ship them via railroad all across the Western United States. That doesn't that sound how fun? That and sounds so fun, doesn't it? It's in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me the ticket to ride building routes was gonna be fun. I would also tell you you're crazy. I know, right? Right. It's just like trading in the Mediterranean. <laughs> but anyway, uh, the game I'm talking about is Great Western Trail. Uh, this game was originally published by, I believe, Eggert Spiel in Germany. Uh, but in the U.S., I think it's published by Stronghold. One thing that's super weird about board games is they have like 13 publishers, depending on like what part of the world they're published in. So I think Eggert Spiel was the original publisher, and, and I know Stronghold, uh, through their partnership, publishes it here. Uh, it's designed by Alex Fister. It's a two-to-four player strategy game or Euro game, if you're into those terms. Uh, so some important things. Number one, the theme. I'm a big per- I, my wife loves Euro games. I'm much more of like an Ameritrash player, like or Ameri- Amerithrash, depending on what group of podcasts you listen to regarding board <laughs> games. Uh, I really enjoy that style of game more, but my wife really likes Euro, so I try to play the style of game with her whenever I can. And conceptually, um, you know, Great Western Trail is very much a Euro game. 
but it's a very simple, like many Euro games on the surface, it's super simple. You literally, when the game starts, you take your little cowboy, you have seven places uh, on the map that are currently filled in with locations. You literally move to a location, do the action on the card, that's it. That, that is all the game is, is you move to a location, do the action on that location. So obviously the, the complexity comes in when it comes to what location do I move to? Am I able to do you know the action that is on there? The hazards that come in your way and the cool little twist that this game throws in is you also have some deck building as a part of it. So you have a hand of cards that is your cattle that you're taking with you. And sometimes you discard these cattle to get money. Sometimes you discard them for abilities. Uh, but at the end of on your route from Texas to Kansas City, and you make this route like five to seven times throughout the game. So it's not like, oh, one is around. Like there's a different thing that triggers end of game. So that you might make it to Kansas City five times. You might make it there six times. You might make it there seven times. It just depends on how the game is going. But when you get to Kansas City, your goal is to have a straight of cows, basically. Like pairs don't aren't helpful. So if you have like two black Agnes, um, you can only sell one black Agnes. You can't Angus. Why am I saying Agnes like the name? Angus. You can only sell you can only sell one of them. Um, so you want to try to diversify your hand as much. So you're trying to like discard cards and draw cards. So you have and also like you can pick up objectives and other cattle throughout your your adventures uh, that you're putting into your deck and building that hand. So you have not only this Euro aspect of going to locations, taking locations, doing things, putting building buildings, hiring workers, getting new cattle. You're also doing this deck building aspect of like, okay, I want to diversify my hand as much as I can. So I want to draw cards, I want to discard cards, I want to play cards so that when I get to the end, there's, so you have this hand management part, you have this, this Euro game going on. And then when you get to Kansas City, it all culminates in this. Now I have to ship my cows and there's almost a little game that happens with the shipping because depending on the value of your cows that you have and how far you've moved your train down the track depends what city you can ship it to and how much money is going to cost you extra. And like any good Euro, you get at the end of the game, you get points for like 12 different things. So you're trying to keep all of this in mind as you're like <laughs> going from location to location and there's hazards you have to avoid or you have to pay money to get past them. And if you land on, you know, the opposing player's space, sometimes you might have to give them money and it restricts the actions you can do. So it's a really cool, fun, engaging, thinky game that on the surface, very, very simple. Move there, do the action. That's it. That's all you do. But then after turn one, turn two, turn three, the complexity just ramps up and ramps up and ramps up. Uh, I only played this two-player. It was the wife and I playing. I would love to play it with three or four to see because the navigation of the board with two people isn't super difficult. I was really, for the most part, easily able to avoid any of the buildings she had built or the locations she had built. Um, so I really didn't feel most of the negative effects that can happen with that. So I think with a few more players, uh, that might increase the complexity there. And in just in reading too, it seems like three seems to be the sweet spot for this game. I would highly recommend it. It is definitely a heavier Euro. So if it's the first Euro you ever play, uh, I wouldn't recommend that. But if you have some Lords of Waterdeep under your belt or something like that and are looking for a solid next step, um, I can't recommend Great Western Trail enough. It is a good time uh, that gives you a little bit of Euro, a little bit of deck building, um, and a lot of variety because locations change every time you play. The buildings you can build change every time. Your objectives change every time. So there's a lot of... Uh, uh, a lot of replay value in the game as well. So that's great Western trail. Nice. Very good. Okay. 
Can we get right into the topic? Let's do it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so uh, I don't know if you have the same experience as I do, but uh, in, in general conversation with people, um, I find that most people are shocked uh, to hear that I play board games. Um, and they don't necessarily understand what a board game is. Everyone has this, uh, kind of like bland idea of Monopoly, shoots and ladders, Candyland, whatever, whatever you, whatever you can think of, uh, uh, game of life, stuff like that. That's pretty much what people think of all the time. Um, so it's interesting when people talk about things like Great Western Trail or uh, Mansions of Madness, games that are crazily named that people <laughs> may, would never even assume was a board game. Um, that's why we thought it would be a good idea to cover like how we got into board games and you know, it's kind of like a gateway drug. Everyone has a friend who wants to give them a little, a little taste of the board gaming life, and uh, we don't call them gateway exactly, games for nothing. Yeah, and in the, <laughs> in the <laughs> so so why don't you uh, why don't you start by uh, by telling us uh, basically uh, how you get involved? Yeah, so and I'll keep it short because I know like we're trying to keep it close to sixty minutes, and I said I don't want to go too long. But uh, I mean, the short story for me with board games, I think, is like a lot of people actually. Is it started with Magic: The Gathering? Uh, I had played, dabbled a little bit of that when I was young, but never got super into it. But then when I was just out of and you know, over time, I had played like Catan and things like that a little bit. But then um, when I was out of college, just out of college, I found a group of friends who. Uh, went to Friday Night Magic every week, and they did all these things. And actually, in the town I lived in at the time had a quite the hopping magic scene. Uh, it, the number of people we had, you know, at pre-release events, we'd have you know 120 people at pre-releases, and even at the midnight pre-release. And uh, it was a quite a happening town uh, for Magic. And that's kind of how I got into board gaming because the store also was the friendly local game store and had a lot of board games there. So after playing Magic for a number of years. And getting into that, sometimes we'd be like, okay, what do we want to do in our downtime? What do we want to do if maybe, you know, the whatever the meta for Magic has gotten kind of stale and we maybe I don't want to play FNM every Friday. Like, what's, because, you know, that's what I had to do with my Friday nights. What, what else do we want to yeah. do? You know, and that's where we would start to jump into, you know, we would pull out Catan or we play Pandemic or maybe some Killer Bunnies or Munchkin, because the, especially with Killer Bunnies and Munchkin, Munchkin it fit in to a degree with Magic. So that's kind of how I got started as I was playing Magic, saw these other games that they were there, started playing some games that were similar, um, but then had a couple of friends who first introduced me. Actually, I went from playing Pandemic, Catan, Killer Bunnies, and Munchkin to like the first big serious games I played within like a couple of days of each other were Trajan or Trajan, depending on who you talk to, and Terra Mystica. So I literally went from like the shallow end of the pool to the extreme deep end of the pool in like <laughs> no time. Uh, yeah. If you're not familiar, like <laughs> Trajan and Terra Mystica, pretty heavy games, pretty complex, not super simple games to grok and understand and figure out. Uh, Trajan actually has a really cool Moncala mechanic to it. So like how you determine the actions you're going to do is you have this Moncala in front of you and you have to 
think I had enough of like, okay, I know on this turn I want to like pick up this resource and then this turn I want to like have this person do this thing or put a governor out here. Like, so I have to plan like multiple moves ahead of how I'm going to drop these, you know, pieces in and matching the colors and stuff. It's crazy. And Terra Mystica is like Catan on steroids where you're terraforming these lands because you can only build things if the, if the uh, specific piece you're on it matches you know the land that works for your race and you build these different buildings and it's yeah it's just katana on steroids it's great and it's all just been downhill from there um over the th over the years of playing games i definitely lean more towards you know uh theme over mechanics i definitely prefer the quote-unquote american style of games i like chucking dice and i like playing with cards um and my wife loves i was lucky enough to have a wife who is super into board gaming as well it's kind of one of the ways that we bonded and, and um, got closer and kind of formed our relationship was around board games so that's part of the reason it's so important to me uh but she's really big into euros i just know if i'm playing a euro i'm probably gonna lose to her um whereas <laughs> she knows that if we're playing things with cards and dice she's probably gonna lose to me so that's yeah. good it's nice you know it, it kind of balances us out um i have a really strong affinity for deck builders and i think that goes back to just my time in magic uh, I can tend to pick them up pretty quickly. Um, games like Mystic Veil, I was just, I mean, I, after game two in Mystic Veil, I was building decks where I was running through my entire deck, like each turn. Uh, it, it's just something that comes very naturally to me because <laughs> of my time there. So yeah, I mean, that's my story. Like I said, like most people started with Magic, played a couple gateway games, jumped in the deep end, had some friends who were still into it. So that helps. And here I am today trying to decide if I'm going to pay $130 a board game that I'll get in March. <laughs> what about you, sir? What's your story? Uh, well, I started with Magic also, um, but I didn't assert games. If then we're playing Magic in high school, what's something to it? I played Magic forever. System and. Uh, games that came out um tcg and then i kind of stopped and i didn't really play board games uh with with the exception of occasional party games uh so after that years went by and i started working with a guy who wanted to have game nights so he invited us over and we played maybe Catan which I had never played, and then Ticket to Ride eventually. And then all of a sudden, I was right back in. I was right back hooked up to, hooked into all these board games. And, uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm compulsive with anything I do. So, like, if it's board games, video games, if I start collecting something, that I don't stop. So that kind of just happened with board games. I just started buying them and playing them. If I could play a new board game every day, I would. Um, I don't think I have the brain capacity to remember the instructions to every game, no. but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, I, I could, I, I, I certainly could. And then, uh, uh, what, what year is it? Five years ago when we went, my buddies and I went to our first PAX East, um, we were in the hotel and my, my friend Marcel opened up a game called Ascension, uh, which I had never heard of. And we played it in the hotel room that night. And I won the first game. Uh, and then the next day at PAX, I bought everything they had of Ascension. And then I <laughs> Depending bought, on what year it was, that was either was, a couple things was, or a ton of things. No, it was like, it was the, just the base game and some promos. Okay. Um, 
but up until up until last year we uh, my wife and i we have every ascension uh, i haven't caught up with the past two or three because we're just not playing it as much mm -hmm. as we used to but we used to play it daily like i love deck builders so i hear you on that my board game next um, week will be a deck builder <laughs> i tend to lean yeah I, I tend to i tend to lean towards euros um but i love ameritrash just as much um I always lose at Euros, but I enjoy my time playing them. So I'm not I'm not one of those guys who plays board games and and hates to lose. Um, I just love the experience, the social experience, um, all that. Um, and while you're debating, you're a big purchase. I'm waiting for my Gloomhaven to show up. <sighs> I I get you for the big purchases, and now it was supposed to be here already and i'm keep checking my kickstarter updates and it seems further and further away the more updates <laughs> that come out so i'll get it eventually but yeah that's that's my story it's not super crazy interesting but uh, uh i'm in it i'm in it to win it <laughs> absolutely i think I it's to a lose it I think, and I think if you're interested in board games, like ask friends. Like I think they're more than likely you have a friend who plays, even if you don't realize it. Like I just, you know, inadvertently, I moved to Iowa a couple of years ago. I don't have a regular group of people that I play with just because, you know, you kind of offhandedly mention to people here, oh yeah, I play some board games. And they're like, oh, like this and this. And then you're like, you know, immediately like what, what kind of board games they're into. So if you're looking for a group, you know, it's not hopefully too hard unless you live in a really, you know, smaller rural area. But there's people who are playing the games we're talking about. You just might not know about it. That's right. That's right. Okay. Well, it's crazy to say it, but that wraps up the first official episode of Board, B-O-A-R-D, with video games. Thanks for joining us. And uh, remember, find us on social media uh, with at Board with VG. That's Twitter and Instagram. Um, please make sure you're using the hashtag, hashtag BoardWithVG. There's already a few out there. Uh, we've been getting some uh, some friendly love from the PSVG folks. Uh, and uh, yeah, we're going to keep saying it. B-O-A-R-D. So don't hate on us, nerds. We know that it's a pun. <laughs> uh, so... I'm not going to plug too much. Just look for me on Twitter as Josh Bones, um, and then just follow us. Give us some love. Let us know what you're thinking. Uh, give us any notes, any tips. Uh, what do you guys think of the first episode? And uh, why don't you tell them where they can find you, Kyle? So you can find me on Twitter and the PlayStation Network at Psychocross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. -S. I think that's technically my BGG account, too, but I like have never posted. So, eh, I mean, if you are on Board Game Geek, feel free to find me. Board game you oh, definitely look for me. Um, maybe I'll start posting more. That might be a good idea to do. Yeah. Also, um, big thanks and shout outs to Kevin and Shipley, who both sent us Twitter questions. Their Twitter questions were so good, they're actually probably going to be our next two topics for the show. So I just wanted you guys to know we didn't forget about you. We did not hear you, but your topics are so awesome. We want to cover them more in depth. So look for those in the coming weeks. So look, shoot us a text, a text, shoot us a Twitter message, talk to us <laughs> on. Uh, Instagram, and hey, maybe what you talk about will become our topics of the weeks. So if you have any, like I said, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on social media. And 
stealing something from Kevin, but modifying it to make it appropriate. Remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming. Production of the Place of Video Games Podcast Network.